This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. Oh, we got lots to do and not a lot of time to do it. Of course, we'll talk next year. Aaron Boone was on the K-Show. And could Gordon Damer have a new quarterback? Let's go. At 1-800-919-3776. Yeah, that's the number to join our brief conversation here on ESPN New York tonight. You can also reach us reach us via Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM at Gordon Damer. Jake the Snake and Brian the Brain until Freddie and Fitz at the top of the hour. Hey, Gordon, how are you? Larry, how are we doing tonight? Oh, we're doing great. We're doing great. Now, normally I would come on here and just pick apart. All the things that I saw with the Nick game, right? All the poor defense, poor closeouts from three. Oh, I need, uh, uh, I need point guards to handle the ball better late. I need better shot selection. But Gordon, that was one of the most entertaining Nick games I've seen in a long time. I don't even care about all the mistakes. I really had a good time watching that game. Yeah, uh, and if that's a sign of anything that the, like, the season's going to be like this year, man, we're in for a crazy ride. Double overtime, first game out of the box, blowing the lead late in regulation, big shots, big misses, big blocks, big plays. Um, the I, I tweeted it out when the game was just about over. The Knicks provided more excitement tonight than the Jets and Giants have done all season long. I mean, and maybe that's a low bar to climb, but they did it already in one game. That was a fun fun game to watch tonight. And how many times have we said that in the past, right? Last year, you just kind of are able to sit down and enjoy a game. Mm-hmm. This is a new level of excitement because the offense back and forth, the big shots and the big plays, uh, you've certainly seen it all night long. So good win for the Knicks to start off the season. Good. They may have beat both local football teams in the overtimes alone, not even mentioning yeah, the regular yeah, season. Yeah, yeah, it's possible. Just in the overtime. Uh, A lot of things to unpack here, and obviously people are going to be like, oh, what's going on with this defense, blah, blah, blah. Listen, this is game one. They'll tweak. They'll go back. They'll look at the video. They'll make some adjustments. Everybody's got to get on the same page. You understand that. Gordon, the exciting thing is that the Knicks have a team that could put up 138 points. (laughs) Right. There were some games last year didn't feel like they could put up 138 if they played seven overtimes, you know? Exactly. Well, seven Uh, games. (laughs) And I think that that's the one thing. And you said it, right? It's going to take a little while. Tibbs said it in the postgame. A lot of moving parts right now with the new pieces, guys that are banged up, guys that didn't play, guys that did. Uh, You just take a look at tonight, the options that they now have, Mm -hmm. right? Like last year, it was Randall. It was Barrett. Is is somebody else going to step up? Is is somebody else going to, you know, kind of ride to the rescue tonight? Fournier was big in uh, in the overtimes. Mitchell Robinson had some some big plays in this one, finished with 17 rebounds. Toppin in transition was big. Derrick Rose provided that spark as well. Barrett had his moments as well. So I just take a look at, at this Knicks team. It is far more talent. It doesn't take 10 games. It doesn't take 20 games. You can see right off the bat that this is a far more talented team than they were last year. No question about that. And what you really like potentially – is what this this point guard tag team of Kemba mm-hmm. Walker and and um, you know Derrick Rose is going to be once they get themselves together. The interesting thing here, Gordon, and of course there's going to be a lot of moving parts and some people's minutes are going to change. Not a lot of uh, quickly tonight. No, no, he he struggled early on and uh, didn't it didn't it didn't come back to him right. Uh, no, Tibbs was was playing the guys that he wanted to play. And, and you take a look at it, even though some guys did play, you know, a lot of guys played, 
uh, it was primarily the the seven or eight guys, if you include Alec Burks in there. So uh, that's you know that you know that that's the way it's going to be with Tibbs, mm-hmm, especially mm-hmm. you know quickly's in year two. But just because you're in year two doesn't mean all of a sudden you're you're guaranteed anything. You got to play well, and if you don't, he's going to move on. And he was working with guys that were working tonight, so um, you can understand it. And as long as you get the win, that's all that matters. And now it's back-to-back games against the Magic, yeah. nice chance to get off to a pretty good start to the season. Absolutely. And listen. You'd like to see uh, Obi Toppin get a little more consistent from three, but there's yeah. no question what he does in transition. Oh, he is man. he finishes in transition. And listen, going today, he, he did a pretty good job. Gave you a couple of rebounds, had the block shot. Uh, you know, didn't have, have a bunch of fouls, only had one personal foul. So he was able to stay on the court, and he was big considering that the Knicks were, you know, shorthanded up front. Yeah, that, that aspect of his game, no issues, right? Like getting out in transition and running and dunking and, and doing that type of stuff. And he had some rebounds tonight as well. So, uh, And just think about where he was at this point last year, not even at this point. Like deep into last season, he was kind of a non-factor. And tonight you got yeah. to see – you got to see a little bit of a little taste. Now, look, he's still a developing player. You'd like to see him get some some form of consistency with those threes because a couple of them <laughs> yeah. weren't were really close. Yeah. But uh, no, he, he was he was uh, he provided some energy tonight. I thought Derek Rose clearly provided energy off the bench. So uh, big win. I mean, I don't know whether, what what other way to say it. Big win for the Knicks. And they ha- I mean, like, could you imagine the feeling you'd have if they had lost this game yeah. and lost yeah. this game the way they. They kind of almost gave it away in regulation. That would have mm-hmm. been kind of demoralizing. So um, you, you'll take it, man. You'll take it. And that's what I meant earlier, Gordon, when I, I need Kemba Walker to be that floor general, right? I need mm-hmm. him to handle the ball late. I need him to know what he's supposed to do. And I understand you're deferring to Julius Randle, who had another Julius Randle-type game, Gordon. He picked up where he left off last season in the regular season, not the postseason, yeah. in the yeah. regular season. It was good and to see him again. It was. It was. And he, you know – I, and I liked his thought process. He let let the play come to him a little bit, Let try to get other guys involved. Then he got in some points. And what was really shocking to me, Gordon, was, I mean, uh, Tibbs let the bench play a lot in that first half. I mean, the, the starters sat for a pretty long time, much longer than they'll probably sit anymore <laughs> this season. <laughs> well, but they he made, sat there for a while. <laughs> yeah, they made up for lost time, right? I mean, they, uh, uh, you saw Randall after the game. He, he just wanted to go take a nap. He was exhausted, yeah. you know? So uh, this is... This is quite the way to break in, so you just hope that it doesn't have any uh, impact down the road. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, to, to be forced to go to overtime, and you'd have to think that there was a little bit of, um, you know, being demoralized with the way they allowed that that lead to get away there in that final couple of minutes. But um, to be able to pick themselves up, and, I mean, just big shot. I mean, it was like yeah. – it was like a, it was almost like a big heavyweight fight back in the mm-hmm. day. Guys are throwing bombs, and then like when one team would start missing, the other team would start missing. A lot of missed dunks that were that should have been put home, and it was just a crazy game. So what a way to and think about the crowd. I mean, the crowd. Oh. Could you imagine? Oh. You know, I want to be there, Gordon. I want to be there. Forty-one games like that. I <laughs> oh. mean, and 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 into the playoffs like that. I mean, they picked yeah. up right where they were last year in the playoffs. So. Uh, you never have to worry about the Nick crowd. They're always loud. They were engaged right from the start tonight, and um, it, there wasn't a lot of sitting down in the second half, I can tell you that. Certainly not the overtimes. Not. There was not. And we can't go on without talking about Jalen Brown, right? 46 oh points gosh. in 46 minutes. I mean, Gordon, he was unconscious. He had 22 in the first quarter. He took he took a couple of quarters off and then came back and hit, hu- I mean, huge threes. I mean, from, from by the logo, he was hitting threes. <laughs> yeah. 
he was uh, he was incredible tonight. And thankfully, Tatum had an off game. He had, he had a couple of shots late. Yeah, but he was he was bad. I mean, he was he was still chucking them up there though. I think he had like twelve or thirty. What was he? Uh, seven two of, of 30. fifteen. Yeah, he was two of fifteen, two of 15 from, from three, three and seven yep. of thirty overall. I mean, that's that's a rough <laughs> night shooting, and and the Celtics were still almost able to pull out the win. So look, you, you know, if you're the Knicks this year. I'm sure some Nick fans expect them to be top three in the East, but I, I, those the Celtics are kind of a team that you'd like to mm-hmm. think that you're going to be able to match up against and beat. Yeah. So to get this win tonight, nice way to start the year. It definitely is. I think they've got a pretty good future. I mean, with, you know, with the addition of Kimball Walker and uh, Evan, you know, in the starting lineup, they've got a, a pretty good nucleus to – you know, you know, lock in with Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett, and of course Mitchell Robinson is coming back. So I think uh, I think they they look pretty good. I mean, they've got a great bench with Derrick Rose, uh, Toppin, and Quickly. They're year in, so they they're they're going to be that much better. And when you look at this team, you know, they've got the potential to be a good offensive team, but on the other end. The defense is the thing that really makes this squad go. And I think Coach Tibbs, you know, stresses, you know, that suffocating defense. And, you know, they've got to do that to pull it off like that and to get into the playoffs. That's Earl the Pearl Monroe, who was chatting with uh, us, talking about what he expects from his Nick team, Gordon. And he named just about everybody that had big contributions tonight. Yeah, I mean, uh, it was a team effort. Now, look, some some parts of the team were, were more impactful than others, but uh, it was. I, I thought that there was a nice balance. I did feel like there was a l- maybe a little bit too much Fournier in uh-huh. the, uh, but he eventually came around and hit some big shots. Uh, so good way to to start things off. Fournier doing it against his former team. Kemba wasn't that much of uh, an impact player tonight against his former team, although that was the storyline coming in. But you got to see Julius Randle certainly looking like. Julius Randle, most improved player from last season during the regular season. Obi took a nice step forward, I thought. Barrett had some some moments after a, a, a very uh, unproductive first half. So good team win, and and it just it, it kind of you know I think Nick fans are excited anyway, but it just kind of gives you an idea of what this Nick team can be when guys do settle in. This is a far you know you've replaced Bullock with Fournier, mm-hmm. you've replaced. Uh, um, um, the uh, point guard last year, uh, Alfred Payton, mm-hmm. with Kemba. I mean, mm-hmm. th- those that that's two pretty big, sizable yeah. upgrades right there and then. And then you have the young guys who are kind of you know another year forward. Barrett in year three, Obi in year two, quickly in year two. So mm-hmm. um, this is uh, this is a far more talented team than the Knicks have had in a very long time. And you don't have Nerlens Noel yet, who was really your right. number one rim protector, and now with. You know, Mitchell Robinson back in the swing of things and getting some minutes. He can be the backup. And you didn't have Taj Gibson, who's a new daddy. So he wasn't available tonight. So, you know, you, you were able to do this. And from once again, from a defensive standpoint, you were missing some folks. But listen, you won the game, and, and that's the bottom line. That's, that's what you'll take away from today is you were able to score 138 points, Gordon. And I'm telling you, the excitement, it, it was just you were back and forth with it. It, had, it was a playoff atmosphere in the Garden. It just was. Yeah, and you know what? It just kind of felt like a modern NBA game. Like, as fun yeah. as the Knicks were last year, you know, the way they had to grind to get points. And, you know, even though you were successful, they it was the best pass, best path forward. Tonight, it actually felt like, hey, you know what? We can compete with some actual teams here. Mm-hmm. You know, we have some firepower for a change. It didn't feel like you had that firepower last year for sure. And even if you don't, have your best defensive night. You can shoot your way out of it. Yes. 
Absolutely. With, you know, which you couldn't do last year. No, there were not, there were not that many options last year to shoot your way out of it. Well, Gordon asked me on Monday, I think it was Tuesday, Monday, Monday, did I think that Aaron Boone, we would know what was going on with Aaron Boone by Friday? And me and my infinite wisdom said, no. Make <laughs> Yankees him sweat. got right on it right after you said you that. Know. So apparently uh, Hal Steinbrenner was listening to us and said, you know what, <laughs> let's make Larry a liar. Let's get this done right away. <laughs> so Aaron Boone, uh, who led the Yankees to the postseason each of his four seasons in the Bronx, returned to his manager on, get this, Gordon, a three-year deal with a club option for 2025, so it could be a four-year deal. Now, he was on the Michael K. show today, and this is the – out of all the things they said, and please listen to the TMKS podcast. You can hear wherever you get your podcast, wherever you listen. You can hear the whole interview. But this was the one that jumps out at me when he said he is not given the lineup by the analytics people. I've never been dictated to like that. Um, you know, ultimately, the – whatever, you know, the lineup, who we start in game decisions are mine. Now, different people have influence on that and certainly talk strategy and talk plans and talk things. But it's, you know, it's people put in their input and then ultimately it's on me to decide how, how I want to, which direction I want to go. Because you do have, you know, disagreement or, or, you know, different opinions about which way we should go, whether we're setting up a rotation, say, for a couple-week stretch we're going through, or, you know, whether we're doing a lineup. You know, if, if I want to get input from anyone, I take that input. Um, and then ultimately it's on me to, to, uh, to make that call. Were you surprised, Gordon? No, I'm sure that, you know, that's the way he was going to answer that question. That's almost like when I say, no, Larry, I'm the one who uh, told my wife where we were going to go to dinner. You know, I informed my wife where we were going to go. Yes, uh, she has her opinion. No, I mean, people are able. Did I ever think that someone from the front office walked down with a piece of paper with the lineup written on it and handed it to Aaron Boone and said, hey, this is what you're going to do tonight? No, of course not. But there are people. He he understands why he was chosen to be the person who is going to be collaborative with the front office. And I'm sure when you get to that position and you're able to navigate the uh, the the behind the scenes stuff, you you know whose voices are more important to follow than others. And uh, I'm sure that that's why he is still going to have the job that he has. I mean, I don't think that he is writing out the lineup card, and I don't think that anybody is giving it to him directly but I think that it's far more that the front office has a say in it than he does. Yeah, I agree. And the other thing he mentioned was that there have been times that he has not followed what he was, quote, suggested, quote, (laughs) to put together, and that he heard about it. He had to answer as to why. So, uh, which is expected. But, you know, so you just wonder, I guess, Gordon, do we make it clean, make it clear that, He's really, we have to give him more credit and blame than we've been given previously because we just felt that he was so hampered by the analytic people. Um, I mean, at the end, of, like at the end of the season, I, I, a lot of stuff I don't bl- like pitching changes. I blame him because I know that that has to be, you know, nobody's on the phone. Nobody's in his ear at that moment. Um, now, maybe the guys that he goes to in a specific night and, and stays away from in a specific night. But you have to know that he is not the person who is making the sole decision. And 
what percentage of that decision is truly his is probably not as high as what you would think a baseball manager's percentage would be. We know that because the last guy that was here, as soon as they got rid of him, they talked about how they needed somebody to be more collaborative. So um, I, I do think he gets far too much blame because he's the person, but that's his job. His, per- his mm. job is to go out there and answer the questions when things go wrong. And, and a lot of times he's answering for the actions of, of the front office and the analytics team and other people that are not him. Surprised at the three-year deal with the club option for four? No, nah, I guess not. I mean, you know, I, I never thought it was very realistic to give him, you know, if he was going to get a one-year deal and an option, I don't think that was very realistic. So, look, they're the Yankees, and that's not under the salary cap. That's not under the luxury tax. So, you know what? To me, if next year it's just a continuation of what we've seen the last two years, well, for me, it would be Cashman be gone, and we'd have to find a new head there. And um, it would be no problem for me to, to eat the final two years of his contract. See ya! <laughs> I tell you, you might be right if they don't make some big changes to this club. And I'm waiting. You know, Cashman kind of alluded to it when he spoke. To, he spoke an hour and a half to the media. Wow. That's a long. That was a long press conference, Gordon. An hour and a half. Yeah, and, what, and with the way Brian answers questions sometimes, it feels even longer. I mean, he does. Gosh. The only thing I, I could, I, my wife tells me I drone on sometimes, but you know. The only thing I could think of is, gosh, I'm glad I wasn't, you know, quote cutting tape unquote for that contest, that press conference. Yeah, that, <laughs> it, it, I'll tell you, it's not, it's not the easiest, you know, like in, in the day where you were like looking for, I need 20 seconds from Brian. <laughs> Brian Ka- oh, wrong boy, guy. There's going to have to be some editing going on there to get 20 seconds from Brian Cashman. Wrong guy. <laughs> yeah, not, not too many, not too many answers fill those lanes. Let's t- let's put it that way. If you're looking for lanes for twenty second answers from Brian Cashman, it's not it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But I'm very curious to see what this team is going to do as far as you know changes and and what are they going to do? What are they going to do at shortstop? What are they going to do about center field? I mean, I was listening to Kay. He indicates that he thinks they're still going to you know keep the center field that they have right now, Gordon. And I understand you got him on the contract, but here's the bottom line: you better have a backup for him. You better have yeah, a very it solid it can't backup. Be, it can't be Brett Gardner. I mean, no. look, I do think that there. It, it does seem like um, that they are going to be in the market for one of those shortstops. I don't know which one. I don't know if it's going to be Corey Seager. It seems like Correa is an actual possibility, which wow. is kind of surprising to me, considering some of the other people in that room. But it feels like um, for the Yankees, even, you know, it doesn't even matter what they say because it just kind of feels like business as usual. Mm-hmm. It just feels like, well, you know, we'll say all the same things we say every single year. But, you know, it kind of it's like anything else. If somebody has an issue and they tell you all the right things because the issue popped up and and they weren't able to to accomplish whatever task they were trying to accomplish the first time they tell you, oh, no, I understand. I get it. You know, you're, you're kind of forgiving. After a while, if it starts to fall on deaf ears, and it feels like with the Yankees, if you're you're bringing back Cashman, you're bringing back Boone. Um, every offseason has changes for every team, but it feels mm-hmm. very much like it's just going to be same old, same old. And they'll go out and they'll spend some money, and um, they'll, they'll probably be short in some area. We'll all be screaming about, it, and then when we get to the end of the season, it'll be the same old song and dance. Speaking of same old song and dance, how about those Mets, huh? John Heyman tweeted earlier today, Gordon, that the Mets may end up hiring a manager before anybody in the front office. I mean, what <laughs> what are you doing? What I don't mean you, but I mean what are they doing? Sandy. 
Still in charge. I mean, it's. It, I mean, at some point, like, come on, it, it, this is this is like baseball one hundred and one. It's not this hard. And nobody, are, are we to think that nobody wants this job, Gordon? Is that it? Is, I, is that I, the deal? I find that hard to believe because it's like it is New York. It is. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's not a, a top job, but it's still a. Ba- it's a major league team that you have resources to go out and you can win here. And you have some pieces already in place here. This is not, you know, this is not taking over the Kansas City Royals. This is, you know, this is the New York Mets. And we're talking about managers all the time about how they're not really as important as they used to be. The front of the baseball operations, the front office, that is pretty important. You can make the argument that that's the most important thing in baseball is getting your front office right. And to think that they might hire a manager before they do the rest. Oh, my gosh. Talking about putting the cart before the horse. And this is not exactly the World Ponds owning now. You have a guy no. that's got money who can spend money. You could turn this around financially quickly. Quickly. It does make you wonder a little bit if, if people are shying away from it because of the, the, the involvement of Steve Cohen and the tweeting. And, and people are – not that they're saying, I'll, I won't work for that guy, but maybe they're a little leery about all that that entails. Well, we'll keep an eye out on it because it's just it's it's baffling to me. It's baffling to me. Unfortunately, I've got the Knicks to <laughs> occupy. At least my you time. got that right. And it's only you only you've only had one game. You I still know. have a you know you still have a full basically a full season a full playoffs which take exactly you got a ton left before regular before postseason eighty exactly. eighty. Gordon, yeah. I saw the Houston Chronicle article. Oh, don't Larry. Why would you put me in a bad mood before the show ends? So let, let me explain it to you. And you because no, it you doesn't do that make when sense. We come to back. Me. Hold, okay. hold on one right. second. We'll yeah. do it when you come back. All right. I was trying to put you in the good mood. I thought you didn't no, like Tua. No, no. I mean, I, was, I, saw, I saw Tua leaving. I said, Gordon's going to be happy. He doesn't like well, it anyway. It, with the Dolphins, Larry, anytime there's a sliver of good news, you know, right around the corner, there's going to be just a barrel full of bad news. Now, Gordon, why are you upset? I don't, I don't, I'm not All clear. right, let, let me walk you through this, Larry, and sure. see maybe, you know, maybe if I present it as, as I see it, uh, you, you'll be in agreement with me. Okay. All right, so you have the Dolphins. The report are, and I mean, this, it feels like, no, this time we're really serious about trading. If, uh, there's a new report that the Dolphins and the Texans are renewing their talks, continuing their talks about Deshaun Watson and that the deal could be coming down here. Uh, sometime before the end of the week. The trade deadline is less than two weeks away, so if the Texans are going to trade him before any kind of suspension, you would think that they would have to do it before the trade deadline. Right. So the Dolphins, there would have been, like, before this season started, if you told me, you know what, go get Deshaun Watson and upgrade at quarterback, I would have said, you know what, coming off a 10-win season, you know, maybe they are, maybe I'm wrong, and maybe they are ready to take the next step forward. And obviously, if you can get an elite quarterback 26 years of age, that would make sense. Mm-hmm. But we're not at the beginning of the season. The Dolphins have lost five straight games. They just lost to the worst team in football. You sure? The less, yes. Well, I mean, you, <laughs> you have now taken over that title, but at least going into that game, that was the worst okay. team. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, they can't block. They can't tackle. They're bottom five in defense. They're bottom five in sacks. They don't do anything well outside of ruin my NFL Sundays. Now you're telling me that this team that does not do anything well in a football sense is going to trade away 
multiple high draft picks. It sounds like you're going to give up at least two number ones for a guy mm-hmm. who is facing a lengthy suspend. Like it's, I know he hasn't been suspended so far, right. but he's going to get suspended at some point, barring a miracle. And oh yeah, who by the way, now he's innocent until proven guilty. Mm-hmm. But oh yeah, who by the way might very well be a sexual predator. Yeah. I mean, does, does this seem like, let's leave all the off the field stuff off out of it. But, you know, the suspension to me is a part of the on the field stuff. Understood. When, when you're a bad team and the Dolphins are clearly a bad football team, they are the only lesson that I have learned about this team this year is that they are not a quarterback away. Mm-hmm. They're everything away. And now you have a GM who I'd have to think is, is kind of on the hot seat. Right, like yeah. they, this was supposed to be the year where they took the major step forward. They've had nine first or second round picks in the last two drafts, Larry. Nine, mm-hmm. and it doesn't look like now. Look, it's the draft. You have to give it three years. At least right now, there's not a lot of uh, not a lot of guys who you're saying, "Oh boy, those guys are key contributors." And that's nine first or second round picks, including a guy that you drafted after scouting him for, what, two years? And you're telling me 10, 11 games into that guy's career that he's so bad you have to get him? And now you're going to let the guy who did all of that, the GM? Make the deal. He's going to make this deal too? (laughs) Oh, my Lord. I I understand what you're saying. Now answer me this. Yeah. What happened to this team? This was a 10 and 16 last year. I, I, I'm not, you know what? I watch them every week. I think that they kind of did overachieve a bit last year, and there has certainly been some regression. Um, but they don't, they don't do anything well. They can't block. That's the main, their offensive line, despite pick. I mean, they have invested in the offensive line. This is not mm-hmm. the type of thing where they've gone cheap on it. They've invested, they've had first round picks, second round picks, third round picks. They got a bunch of picks along that offensive line, but they have not been able to do anything. Now, I think they were a little fortunate last year. They caught a little bit of magic with uh, you know, Fitz, Fitzpatrick and, mm-hmm. and some of the things that happened there, but they have certainly – and you know what? The other thing is, like, okay, you're get, if you're the Dolphins, you're getting a great quarterback. You'd have to say he probably is a top-five quarterback, top-ten quarterback. You can certainly yes. win him. Mm-hmm. The other problem is – and maybe I'm just old now and I look at it through a different eyes with kids. I'm not even getting a guy I feel like I can root yeah. for. You know, like I told my wife this story today. I was telling her, I said, you won't believe what the Dolphins are doing now. I said, they want to trade for a quarterback. And I was trying to come up with the right terminology to to describe the situation. She said, who's hurt? I said, no, 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 he's not hurt. I said, what he is, she's like, he's dead. I said, no, no, the Dolphins are not trading for anybody dead. They're not trading for anybody hurt. But that just gives you an idea of what her, like when I start talking about the Dolphins, that's the first thing. That's how bad it is. It's, you really influenced her person. You really oh, my gosh. She, <laughs> as much as I hate the Dolphins, she hates them even more because then I get bad, put in a bad mood. Yes. So it's, a, it's not a great situation. I, I, I don't know how anybody can look at that team and say, you know what, we're a quarterback away from, from salvaging this season. And, and I think the worst thing you can do is to allow a GM who has already kind of displayed he, he's not doing a good job to, to make one more move where you're – I don't know what the deal will be. But I will bet you whatever you think it is, well, it'll be 1-1 one, one and maybe a 2, or it's going to be 2-1. They will, they will end up overpaying. The only saving grace is this, is that all the reports are coming from Houston. Yeah. 
There's no Miami guys that are saying this, so maybe that's, you know, the Texans are just trying to push this forward and it's not really true, but given the history I have with the Dolphins, it's probably true. I don't see how the National Football League would allow anybody to trade for him right now. I, I, I don't mean, see how, how you can could. You, with a, you can't. Now, you look, can't move him. May, maybe there's been conversation. I'm pretty sure that Goodell was uh, – that there, there was a game recently where uh, the Dolphin owner and Goodell were both there. Maybe there were some conversations there. Maybe they get a sense from behind the scenes of what a, a suspension could possibly look like. But there's still a criminal investigation going exactly. on. What if that all of a sudden pops up? Yeah. You can't make I, a move on him. And, no. and, and if you're Houston, uh, I understand why you're trying to finally get rid of him yeah. now. I think yep. I, I get it. I get it. But the bottom line is you can't move him. And, no. and Miami, you can't even think about trading for him. How can you do? You don't know when he's going to be available. No. Any GM who does that without a real good idea, like of what the suspension would officially, because then you're talking about like this season, I think is already lost. They're one and five, right. right? Right. I don't know when he would get there. If he, I'm assuming he'd be allowed to play. Okay, fine. Maybe they don't make any moves until the suspend, you know, on a suspension until those cases are solved. That's talking about next year. So now you've sure. already blown up this year, and yep. you've blown up next year. Right. And the public relations is going to be a nightmare for you. Oh. You're, you're going and to have, rightfully so. And rightfully so. If indeed what we hear, from what he's done is if he's convicted and yeah. proven guilty of all these things, you're going to have sponsorships that may start to pull out. It, it's going to be a nightmare. It just is. So I, I really don't see why they would even think about making the move for him. To me, he doesn't exist. I mean, Houston doesn't think he, is, he exists. No. They, won't even let, they won't even allow him to play. And look, you know, Tua, I'm not a fan of Tua. He's not been what you kind of expected. The last problem that they have right now is him. I mean, yeah. they have so many bigger problems than him to be putting it on this kid 11, 12 games into his career that, oh, my God, we got to move off him. You're going no place, guys. You may as well find out if he can get through an NFL season before he gets hurt again. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Gordon, it was great chatting with you for a couple of yes. minutes. Yes. <laughs> Are we on tomorrow night? Uh, I doubt it. But oh, we'll find well. out. We'll wait and see. We're on standby because, you know, it's Major League Baseball. They, they control things and the, and the Rangers as well. So uh, here's one thing I know. We'll hear you tomorrow morning. That's true. So keep up the great work there. Be good on the radio. All right, that, Larry. That wraps up this edition of ESPN New York Tonight. We thank you for joining us. Brian DeBring, Jake the Snake, thank you very much. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.